Hey, Boker Tov. All right, we turn to a new Mishnah today, Ayin Tet. Um, and we move from uh, a lot of these questions about Tzvich and Mechira, um, which has been really occupying us, obviously in different ways, got into a, a fascinating whole Eidim Zomim issue, also the more narrow questions of what constitutes the Mechira, uh, you have to sell the whole thing, if you hold back a part of it, Shechita Shein Ruya, all these interesting things related to Tzvich and Mechira. Now we get back to, it will be about Tzvich and Mechira, but in some ways it'll be much more basic about the act of Geneva itself. So let's take a look at the Mishnah, Ayin Teremad Aleph. Ganav Abialim, somebody stole it, and he was still in the owner's domain. But by the time he got around to slaughtering it, he was out of their domain. Now, I always wondered, you know, when I was learning this in, uh, you know, way back when, um, you know, your man is like, how could somebody be in, like, my front yard and stealing something from me? How does it constitute stealing something from me? So your man, well, yes, but I'm just saying, like, what does it mean to steal if you're standing there in my yard? So, if you imagine, though, like, it was think as, you know, somebody that's got, like, a, you know, like a, a farmer, whatever it is, you know, somebody's got acres and acres and acres of property, right? So you could go ahead and you could, like, take something from my, you know, from my, my sheep, from my pen, and go somewhere else, like, you know, a mile away, or, you know, eight, you know, like a long distance away, and still be on my property. For all I know, you're camping out somewhere, you know, and you're squatting on my property somewhere in the forest. Like, if you imagine somebody with wide property, you can steal something and still be on the person's property, right? So, 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 well, it's not. That's the point. Meaning, the point here is the basic point of this Mishnah is that to be a Ganav, you have to actually take it out of the owner's Rishos. And you might remember the Gemara earlier quoted a Pasuk of So, in order to be considered a Gneva, you have to take away from the owner and into some sense of your control. And that's really what this Mishnah is getting about. If you just move it from one place on their property to another, you haven't done yet an act of Geneva. Meaning it says Gana because in some way you could say it looks like he stole it. Right? You have to even imagine a scenario where it practically it looks like he stole it, but technically he hasn't because he hasn't taken it out of their Rishos. Now the end of the mission is going to say a minute, the end of the mission is going to talk about Hagbah right? lifting it up. So although you don't get that sense from the beginning of the mission, from the beginning of the mission the sense you have to get is that he would have to actually walk out of the property, right? That's Bereshutam. But the end of the mission is going to be clear that lifting it up is taking it out of their Rishos. You're taking possession, you know, you might, your feet might be in their Rishos, but you're taking it out of their Rishos. So the case where if you're in their Rishos is you never lifted it up, and really what the implication of the mission, although we'll discuss the toast within a minute, the implication of the mission is, is that you have to do a normal Masa Kinyan, the same type of an act that demonstrates ownership and taking away from one person and taking into your possession, when you do an act of give, taking a gift or buying an object or something of that is the same act that defines somebody as having done an act of Geneva. Okay, so that would either be Hagbah or Mashicha or taking it into your Rishos, right? If, you, if something, if you put, if I'm buying your cow from you and it walks into my property, being in my property is a way. So I can either bring it into my property, I can lift it up, or I could do Mashicha, dragging it, but dragging it would not work while it's in the seller's or original owner's domain. Mashicha only works if it's in some type of a neutral domain, okay? So as long as you remain on the property of the owner, there's no kinning you can do except Hagbah. So what we have to assume is that the Mishnah is talking that you haven't done Hagbah. So wherever you are on that domain, if you haven't done Hagbah, you haven't really halachically stolen. I don't have to lift it up. It has to be lifted up, right? So let's say drive my pickup truck. All right. Let's not talk about the Gemara about the elephant. I mean, fine. That was an exception, okay? 
whether you can do something and throw some peanut up, but for let's assume you have to pick it up, okay? So, other than... I understand. I take my, my, tr- my pickup truck, whatever yeah. it is, you know, there's a ramp, and walk onto the, you know... Um, yeah, so that was a Gemara discussed in Kiddushin, maybe. I don't, okay, but that's not the standard case, maybe. But by the way, if we're talking about a, a, sh- a shore, an ox, so you, then you understand why Hagbah is not even being considered reasonably. I mean, Michael is correct. It is possible, maybe, that you can make an animal jump up or get off the air or something like that. Um, um, but, um, but nevertheless, the standard, by a sheep, Hagbah would be natural, but by an ox, not. So as long as you're in the owner's domain and you haven't done Hagbah, you haven't done an act of Geneva. That's the basic principle of this Mishnah, okay? So let's take a look. Ganadur um, Shura Be'alim, you, you burgled it and you're still in their domain. But by the time it came to slaughtering or selling, you were out of their domain. Okay? Oh, or you took it out of their domain, um, or maybe you just took possession of it while it was wandering in some neutral zone. Maybe you did a Mashicha. And then for some reason, you wandered back into their domain and you sold it. Right? Again, you could imagine somebody's on some part of my property, my huge estate. Somebody is on it and he's, and he's selling somebody else my sheep. And this person, you know, it's like the Brooklyn Bridge story, right? I'll sell you these sheep, you know, okay, they're not my sheep, but the other person doesn't know that. The other person sees me in this property, walking around with these sheep, he thinks I'm the owner, so I'm in the owner's property and I'm selling his sheep, okay, but I've already stolen them, because I did take a chutzmir shutam at one stage. Now, the sale, the transaction is happening on their property, okay? In all those cases, um, that's the obvious case, I both stole it and sold it out of their property. You pay four and if I never actually took it out of their property in any state patur I'm exempt because I never did an act of Gnev well if I shechted it I'm a mazik but if I didn't shecht it then I'm high of nothing I didn't even do an act of Gnev right now by the way Rashi says there's an interesting question about a Gerson Rashi because Rashi says well actually that's a later Rashi what? what do we understand? I moved around your sheep within your domain yeah. and then and I sold it to somebody and I walked away. Right. And what did I do? I'm at most don't have to pay him for the value of the sheep. What did I do to you? What did I do? I killed your sheep. I did, no, killed I said you would. You're a mazik. Okay, fine, fine. So in that case, you would. But let's say it was machar. Whatever, as a ganav, you're putter. If you were tavach, fine, you're a mazik. If I was machar, if I went ahead and I stole your property, I kept on your domain, and I sold it here um, to Eli, and he walked away with it thinking it was his, and I just walked away with the whole, and I just left. So okay? You have to go after him, is it? You have to go after him. I don't have to go after him. I was just a grum. I was just a troublemaker. What? No, I'm not. Why am I a No, me, if I did this, I sold it to him. Let's your sheep. And I went and sold to him all of a sudden on your property. Yeah. What did you do? I... You didn't want him to sell it. Of course. I'm not saying he's a good guy. Do you have to go after him or I have to go after him? I have to go after him. If you sold it, whatever, he's got my sheep. You were a troublemaker, but you were a grummer. Right? What did you do? So I get to keep the money then. What? And then then he, he does the deal with me, is that it? Now, I'm actually exaggerating a little bit because <laughs> uh, because we're going to see at the end of the mission. It's a question how to read the end of the mission now. But there might be a way in which if you cause him to take it, thinking it's yours, that there is a type of a shliach lidvar and that's as if you took it away from me. Okay? And that at least you would be, have to pay me the Karen. That's possible. Okay, we'll see about that at the but end right of the mission. right now, what you're saying is you go after him and then he can go after me to get, my, to get the money back. Yeah, well, no, 
Oh, you were just oh to get your money back. Yeah, to get his money back. Right. But if you gave it to him as a matana, no, but I just sold it to him. Fine. Well, yes. This guy now is about Right. So that's a good question. So look at Rashi because what does it mean tavach macharchutzir shutan? Means that I basically I took the sheep, I moved it to another place on the property, and then it's that, that wasn't yet a ma'aseh geneva. Then it followed me outside of the property, and I sold it there. So where exactly did I do my ma'aseh geneva? On the property wasn't a ma'aseh geneva. So presumably, that presumably means so look at Rashi. That's a good question that you asked. That Rashi says the tavach macharchutzir shutan. The first Rashi he says kishahutzio mirishus natalav ganav uknaos. So Rashi says it doesn't literally mean that no, that only the mechira happened out of the rishos. It means first I stole it, and then right, and then when I, when it came time to sell it, I took it out of the rishos and I sold it. So that moment of taking it out of the rishos that was being a ganav, right? But if literally, if literally I did, I just moved it in the rishos and it followed me out, and then I sold it with that ne- never having done a ma'isekinian, then I would not be chayav. So it's a funny because the mishnah is like imprecise, you know. Basically, what the mishnah is saying is that one stage you got to do a ma'isekinian. You've got to do a hagbah, or you've got to take it out of the rishos. And if you haven't, you're not a ganav. Okay? So let's keep on reading. Um, uh, okay. Um, now, Avogad of the we just read that. Hayamoshchov yotze, you were dragging it as your mashicha and bringing it out of the property, umate, and the animal died. Birshut abayalim, putter. If it died right before crossing the, ba- the, 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 the uh, you know, the uh, property line, you're exempt. You have not been a Ghanish. Why? If a Mashiach is a way of being, doing a Kenyan. Not in the Rishas Baalim. Mashiach only works out of the Rishas Baalim. So you never cross that boundary line. The only thing that works in Rishas Baalim is Hagba, which is the next line of the Mishnah. Okay. Hagbiyo, if you did a Hagba, oh, you succeeded in taking it out of the Rishas Baalim, amazing, he died, Chayev. Okay, so this, mish- really, this line of the Mishnah is much clearer than the first part of the Mishnah. You have to do a Hagba if you're in Rishas Baalim or Mashicha out of Rishas Baalim. If you haven't done that, you're not a Ganev and you're not going to pay Kefal, you're not going to pay Arba V'chamisha, etc. Okay, you just moved around somebody's object, you're not a Ganev. Now, very important Tosos of Hotziyom Rishas Baalim. Look at this Tosos. We're going to interrupt the mission for a minute. Look at this Tosos. Bereish Elunaros, Pligi Ravach Ravina, Chalamar Shotziyom Lissimta, when you took it out of the owner's domain, you brought it into some side street. Okay? V'chadam but if you brought it from the owner's domain straight into the public domain, that's not a kinyan of Mashiach. Because Mashiach needs to be in some domain that you can have some, you, the, own, the new owner, the Ghanav or whoever, needs some degree of control over it. It has to be a pseudo your domain. So if it's in a side street, an alley, it's like, okay, nobody is here, it's like I'm controlling this space. But a Mashiach and the Rishas Rabbim doesn't work. So it's only when you drag it out of the owner's domain into an alley that it works. Okay? Avalushus Rabbim Lokani. The Daik made Seifa. Hotsio Dumya Dagbio. Dasi Lurushusay. The same way Hajbaz, like you fully take control over it. The Mashicha is in a way in which you have some control over it, into an alley. The Idachama, the other one says, Afilo Hotsio Lurushus Rabbim Kana. No, even if you just take it into the public domain, the Diak Miresha, the Mespur Shubai. Because it emphasizes if it 
died before it left the domain, you're exempt. It sounds as, as soon as it leaves the domain, even if it's into a public space, just taking it out of the domain suffices. Okay? Pater. Now, stop for a moment. So, Tosa said a great question. Is it enough to take it out of the owner's domain, or do you have to take it into some space, an alley, that you're taking it into your control? Now, it seems like this is a perfect question of whether a ganav is, is the... We said it's a Masakinian like taking possession of any object. But is that really true? Right? For me to take possession through Mashiach, it's presumably, it's universally assumed that I have to do a Mashiach in a, an alley. I can't do Mashiach in a Mashiach I need to have control. I need to demonstrate that I'm taking possession. But here becomes an interesting question. Maybe for ganav, you don't need to be the one that takes possession. You just need to be the one to take it away away from the owner from the owner's perspective he doesn't care how much you're taking it to yourself he cares that you're taking it away from him okay so maybe that's the, this is the perfect test case you took it out of his control out of his rishos but you didn't take possession of it because it wasn't in a simta are you a ganav or not and it seems like that is a debate of the MRM what a great conceptual question and therefore it's maybe not the exact same as a normal Masakinian okay it does it's similar enough because half of a Masa Kenyan is taking it away from the owner. But it does, does it have to be similar fully? Does it have to also be about taking it under your control? Now that, I would, you would love to say, I would love to say, Tosfos denies that we should be making a distinction between a Ganev and a normal purchaser. And he says, if they're debating that, they would have to be having the same debate about a normal t- Kenyan about Mashifa in general. That's the next line of Tosfos, which is, which is a little deflating. Because it says, the near in Baba Basra, it seems like Abai and Ravan, presumably everybody agrees, Mashiach only works in an alley. He says, it looks like it argues on that. And it doesn't make any sense to say that a Ganov should be defined differently than normal taking of possession. Why? Because of the drasha. I mean, the drashunim al, because we made the drasha earlier. So the drasha for a Ganov was, right? So, and your possession, it doesn't emphasize the Ganov's possession. Right? And it says, right? It says, uh, you know, and it says, and his, and his, and his, and his roof and his, and his yard, it emphasizes the possession of the Ganov. It sounds like it has to be a place where he can take possession. So Tosos claims that really, whatever debate it is, it's just a general debate about Mashiach. But it is more interesting to think that no, maybe there actually is an opinion that says that, that for Ghanif to be Chayev, he doesn't have to be able to do an act that shows he's taking possession of it. It's enough to do an act that's taking it away from the owner. By the way, it could be that there's a difference between Karen and Kefel. Okay, the Pasuk of is about Kefel. Maybe the fine of Kefel is only when he took it to himself. But the Karen is about taking it away from the owner. Right? So maybe if you bring it into Rosh Hashanah, you're chayiv in the principle. Once you bring it into your own domain, that maybe is when you're chayiv in Kefel. Okay, so very interesting question here of what, this Mishnah is about what is the act 
the moment which a Ghanav has done the act of Geneva and you know some key points are missing from this Mishnah clear from the end that we seem to be talking about normal Kinyanim but Tosus raises the important question of is it just taking it away from the owner or even taking possession yourself yes Michael so, so two points you know one is I, I mean I can certainly see the moment you take it out of the thing I thought that you know when we take it out it's the Gunav Beit Ish when you take it out of Beit Ish then you right. take it out of right. so forget about you know having to bring it into the place like uh, I think we should have woodwork then. I understand but, but that's the but the positive is Biado Gunav Beit Ish in Yimatay Biado Yishal in science I understand but let me just understand I'm trying to understand his border point so what you're saying is let's take the pet shop right? I, I go yeah. I buy a dog right and then you know you're and you're right on whatever whatever it is I'm trying to rob him right so there's no TD which rob him there right you're in Times Square then I go take it onto the subway right you know and like I can have I can be on there an hour trip and then it dies I can right. say I'm well, sorry I, I, sales canceled because I never actually and you've never done Hagbah yeah um, yeah, if you've never done Agbon, you've never been in any space that's not like a major public space. I mean, you're right, then. Yeah, technically no, you could. You are involved, you are, you are involved, that's a You've never been not in a space that, in a private that, space. whatever, right. So, yeah. You've never been in a private, I think I said it, but I used a double negative. But anyway, you've never been in a semi-private or private space. You've only been in a public space, right? Then, yeah, you've never really taken possession. I know. It's, I hear your point. It's funny. You can get, be like very, very far away and not have taken, yeah. Okay. Um, um, I mean, you st- you, fine, yes. Okay, so now the mission continues. So that means you can't sell something in a private, in a public space, basically. Uh, somebody well, you can do Hagba. Right. You might be able to do Kela Shel Mocher, um, like if, if it's something that could be put into some vessel in a knapsack or something like that. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like in a normal store, I mean, it's a good point that you're asking me. Like in a normal store, you're right. I mean, I, I don't normally think about selling dogs or refrigerators, right. you know. Right in a normal store, you wouldn't be chayev until. Uh, but yeah, you have to either lift it up or put it into your into your bag or something of that nature, right? Okay, so the Mishnah is like this. Um, uh, where were we? Now, Nusno, now here the next line of the Mishnah is a big question about who are we talking about. Um, I'm, go- I'm going to first read it the way that Rashi and Tosos reject uh, <laughs> because to get it out of the way. Okay, they read that, 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 that one way to read this mission is that since we're talking about the act of a Kenyan of a Ganov, we're going to talk about in general that an act of a Kenyan is necessary to define when, you know, you know uh, like when something has left your Rishos. Um, so here would be another case, not about a Ganov. I just am a normal homeowner, homeowner and I gave my sheep because my son is the first born, so I gave my sheep as a Kohen for the five slimes that I owned the Kohen for Pidyan Aben. Okay, or Lebao Chavo, or I paid it to Michael, who I owed a hundred dollars to. I gave him my sheep. Or I gave it I gave it to some Shomer to watch it for me, or to somebody who was renting it for me. And you, Michael, who was the Shomer or the Kohen, or the guy who I owed money to, by Yamoshko, you were taking it out of my domain. Umate, and it died before it left my domain. Right? So meaning it's a similar scenario not about a Ganov right have I actually paid off my debt have I actually paid the money for my pig in a bin are you chayv as a shomir you took it you were dragging it away but you didn't let yet cross the property line so it's the same halacha okay but it's mashiach it's not hagbah 
Okay, Potter. So if it died while it's still in my while it's still in my domain, at least in the Shomer case, you Michael are exempt because you haven't yet taken possession of it. Okay, in the Balchov case, this is one of the reasons Rashintos was rejected because in the Balchov case, the word Potter doesn't make sense. It really is. I still, uh, you know, um, 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 I still owe you the money, right? You have I haven't paid my debt yet, and I still owe you the money. In the Pidyon Haben case, I still have to do Pidyon Haben. Okay, but the so one, but if in the Shomer case you're potter, you haven't taken possession yet. If, however, Michael lifted it up or he actually walked it out of my Rishos, and he's a Shomer and then it dies, then he is Chayev. So that's saying we're not even talking about a Ganev, just in general, a similar scenario. The key moment of, of, of transition, you know, when it switches from me to, to belong to the other person as a payment of a debt or as a Shomer, whatever, is either Mashiach out of my Rishos or Hagbah. Now, the reason Rashi and Tosos don't like this read is not just because it switches from talking about a Ghana, that wouldn't be a big deal, but is that well, number one, as we said, the word Potter isn't really relevant to the case of Balchov and Bechorus Beno. It's only relevant to the case of Shomer. No, Potter number being like I was my obligation to repay you again. But that's not. It's the opposite. If you're taking it out and it died beforehand, I'm, you know, I still owe you the money. I'm not Potter. I'm still Chayev. Think about it. It's the opposite. Okay? So number one is the word doesn't work. Now maybe you could say, well, we're talking about the last case of Shomer. We're borrowing the phrase from the previous, but it's not exactly the right phrase to be using by the payment of the debt. But the other problem is also that, uh, what do you call it? That um, that Shomrim, if the animal just died, anybody other than a Shoah would be exempt. So the whole idea that we're talking about it died and whether the Shomer is Chayev or not is not a normal scenario. Like, we'd have to be talking that it died through negligence, which is not shot. So they put that read aside, and therefore they read it that we're still talking about the Ganev. So let's now read it again, talking about the Ganev. Okay? I went ahead and I stole a sheep on Michael's property. Okay, like I said, I'm somewhere a mile away in his huge estate, and I'm at some edge of his property, and I'm doing transaction with a Kohen, and I said, oh, you know, I, I've, I, I'm, I'm camping out in a forest in his estate, he doesn't even know, and I set up my whole shop there, whatever. Okay, and I stole his sheep, and then I invited Cohen over because I just had a baby boy, model Tov, and I'm going to do a pidgin haben. Okay, and therefore I, the Ganov, who has yet to do a, ma- a kinyan on this on this sheep, was nusno lebuchoros bino. I gave it to this Cohen for my son's pidgin haben on Michael's property, or lebalchovo, or uh, Eli. There, I owed him a hundred dollars, so I gave him this sheep. I was on Michael's property. I gave him this sheep. I haven't done a hagbar or anything on it. Okay, or l'shomachinam l'shomachinam I gave it to David here to be my Shomer on it or something. Now the question is not whether I've paid my debt to Eli or done my pidgin of them. The question is now, and this gets back to the point you raised earlier, Michael, you are now taking it, thinking it's yours. You're taking it in all innocence, and you're doing a masakinian on it, and you're going to walk off the property with it. The moment you lift it up or walk off the property, you become essentially my shaliach, and you have now done the act of Geneva for me. And when you lift it up, thinking it's yours, because I paid by debt, or thinking you're taking possession of it, even just as a shomer, but you're doing some act of taking possession of it, you know, on my behalf, without, be, as long as you're oblivious to the fact, otherwise, we'll get to that in a minute, but you're oblivious, in all your innocence, you're thinking it, and therefore, in that case, it's like I did the act of Geneva, and I would be Chayev. And that's what the end of the mission says. At least for 
for for for onsim. By a moshko umeis brishus abalim pater. So you, I, the god of impater, not you. The Eli there is taking it out. He has my kohen for pinyan aben. He's effectively being my, unwittingly being my shaliach to the geneva. He's taking possession of it. If he crosses that property line and the animal dies, and if he crosses that property line, then I become a ganav and and I, and I have to pay you for the animal. If he didn't cross the property line and the animal died where I'm not yet a god of. It's all a question whether I'm a god of. If you, the showmare, or you, the creditor, or you, the Kohen, has done a Mysakinian on it, you've walked off the property line, then I'm the god of and I become Chayv. If you haven't, then I'm an exempt. Let me finish reading this one. Okay? So in that case, Hayam Moshko Meis Bishos Abalim, Pater, then I, the god of an exempt. Once this guy took it out of Rishos Bailim, they did the Gneva for me, Umeis Chayv. Now, what I don't know from this, first of all, that's a huge chiddush. It's a yeshliach lizvar zera. What I don't know is would I also be chayv in kesel? I don't know. Well, that's exactly it. So let's look first at so the, at at Tosos. So Tosos says if you Tosos nothing lebechoros beno. If you go like five lines in, middle of the line, the im tomar. Do you see that like smack in the middle of the line there? The im tomar. V'amai mechayv b'mishicha. V'ain shliach lizvar zera. You can't be my shliach. The yeshlomar dahanahu. Well, yadi, the asi bisura. You don't know you're doing anything wrong. You think you're, you know, you're, you're, you're it's in all innocence. Elis dvurim You think it belongs to the ganav. Now that answer is the reason of einshliach lidvarvera. Now remember, einshliach lidvarvera is not a normal shlichus. Normal shlichus is I'm authorized to do something and I'm transferring that authority to you. Shliach lidvarvera would mean the important thing to appreciate as we continue to read Tosfos. It's it's more sort of like, like remember when the Gemara? I don't know if you remembered in. The Gemara spoke about if somebody hires somebody to kill someone, right? It's a, you know, according to Shammai, there's a Shaliach Lidvar And Shammai said it was really like Dina Rabba Vidina Zuta Ikabinai. The murderer is still the murderer. I take the opposite. In American law, it's the person that, like, uh, hires the murderer that's somehow seen as worse, right? Isn't that true? Like, is it, uh, I think if you contract a murderer. Anyway, whatever. Okay, but the murderer is still the primary murderer. But the guy who contracted him, he's like, he brought about the murder. So the idea of Shaliach Lidvar in a way is not like you're authorized to do this act of Gneva on my behalf it's more like a grumma I managed to do the Gneva through using you you became my clee to do the Gneva okay so that's how he says it works when you're unwitting if you know what you're doing if you know you shouldn't be doing it you can't say I'm using you you should be making your own choices but if you're if you're oblivious and you're doing something that is completely natural that anybody would do take payment of a debt Right? You know, that's of course you would do it. So then you are, in that case, you are a tool in my hands. And I am stealing it through you because you are unwitting. Okay? So that's what he says. Why is there no shliach? You are an obligated person. You're a person who has, obliga- who has I mean, you know, responsibilities and, you know, the mitzvah obligations. And you should know not to listen to me. You should listen to God. So you don't know to listen to God because you don't know you're doing anything wrong. Okay. The other one, which is you can choose to do it or not and therefore when I have you do it, it's like, I didn't know he was going to take it. He might have chosen not to do it. You can't call me a Ganov. So what if I gave it to this guy who said he was going to listen to me? But that's not true. Of course he was going to listen to you. You were paying off a debt. Why should he not listen to you? Ain't Shaykh Lakan. Ain't Dahasam. Ain't Yodesh. Ain't Yodesh. 
before. There you could say, yeah, I didn't know he would listen to me. Don't tell me I stole it. He stole it. I didn't know he was going to listen. Of course he's going to do it. Okay? So here, if somebody is, it's really a fascinating idea of Shlech with Varveira. Now again, it wouldn't apply like if I get Yid Chazer thinking that it's kosher. Oh, now I ate Chazer. That's also anyway for Yid. Things that are about, about getting Hana, things like food, obviously it's only related to the person who directly experienced the Hana. But at least within the realm of a type of a, one would wonder if this would apply to like other Bein Adam Lemakom type of cases. I'd have to think about what a scenario would be about that. Stolen art. Um, Stolen what? Stolen art. Stolen art. Yeah, that's Bein Adam Lemakom. But let's say Bein Adam Lemakom. Let's say, I don't know, I took a boy to the barber, Michael here's a barber, and I took a boy to him and I said, oh yes, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a babysitter for this Gentile boy and he wants his haircut or whatever. And for whatever reason, Mike, I mean, you could say he should have had been suspicious about it, but whatever, let's just imagine this for a month. Let's say he was completely oblivious, he had total right, because he knew in general that I was a babysitter for this Gentile family, so of course he had total right to assume that it's whatever the reason was, okay? And then he cuts, and he goes out and he cuts off the payas, okay? So, well, let's he was over our mitzvah, okay? So would you say, oh, so now I'm chayev for, for, for cutting off the payas? Because Michael, of course, was going to listen to me, right? Or does this only true, even when you say something like this, and something that's basically Ben Adam Lechavero? Ben Adam Lechavero really focuses on the impact of the act, right? And not so much on, like, the formal, like, it's not like a, a Maisavero that's a ritual thing, which has a very formal act. Here's the impact. So since I brought about that this object was taken away, then I am seen as the Ghana. So it's an interesting idea that in a case when the person, the shaliach, is unwitting, but I think it's an interesting question whether you would apply it also to like ritual aveiras or just sort of like, you know, ethical aveiras, as it were. Okay, but that's the case. He does it unwitting, he does it. It's like I stole it from Michael now when, when Eli takes it off the property and I'm Chayev. And the question I'm left asking is, am I Chayev just in the Karen, which is the case of the Mishnah, or am I even Chayev in the Kefo? Again, maybe not. You know, maybe to really be a Ganev, you have to really do it yourself. But in this issue of the Karen is because of the impact on Michael, and that you were, you were unwitting, so of course you were going to do it. It's a really fascinating Mishnah, yes. So I'm sorry, so... You know it's a good Mishnah, but it took us a half hour to get through it, yes. But, but it also might be the four and five, right? If you paid off... Is it, is it four and five, we already learned. That, that's a good point. That Tzvich and Mechira, Yerchayv Ayyadei Acher. According to Rashi and Tosos, the Chiddush of this Mishnah is that Karen, you're also Chayv Ayyadei Acher. Right? The question is, are you Kefel, Yerchayv Ayyadei Acher? That's the one thing we haven't figured out. All right, let's take a look as the Gemara continues. So Beymar asked, Did they establish Meshicha for a Shomer? Now what does it mean establish Meshicha? Because the general assumption is that uh, halachically you only buy an object when you pay money. But the rabbi said, um, we're, we're going to get rid of that. Because, <laughs> right, because, because, because we want you to take possession of it. We don't want you to own it before you take possession of it. It's too confusing. Then the guy has your property. He hasn't given it to you. What happens? Something happens to it. You only own it when you've taken possession of it. You've done Mashiach. So Mashiach is a rabbinic Kenya that overrode the biblical idea of Kesef. So <laughs> the question is, did we institute a similar Kenyan of Mashiach for Shomrim? Now presumably that means, when is a Shomer liable for taking the owner's object, for watching it? Only at the time of Mashiach. Or what? What would be the other time? That's the problem. Because, because by things that there's no money that changes hands, like how about a Matana? What would be the biblical act of taking possession of a gift, right? 
when there's no money change his hands, it can't be the money. So presumably it would be Mashiach. I don't know. Maybe it would be Rishus. Maybe it would be you have to take it into your property. Maybe it would be Hagba. It's not clear what the alternative here is. If the Shomer, there's no alternative of money. But whether, so maybe, I, so it's not clear what the alternative is, but the Gemara's question is, is Mashiach enough? Maybe you should have to do Hagba. Maybe you'd have to take it into your Rishus. Now, Rashi says that the question is, at what stage is the Shomer Chayev if something goes wrong? Tosa says no. That was obvious to the Gemara that the Shomer is only Chayev when he does Mashiach. Of course, Mashiach, again, it's fundamentally a transaction that doesn't have money. Of course we're going to uh, institute Mashiach by this. And that's when the Shomer becomes liable. The question is the following. Can the owner change his mind? Okay, if I went ahead and I rented you my cow, right? Presumably if you're just a Shomer, then you're totally acting on my behalf. You're not doing it for your own sake. Although, I don't know if you're a Shomer Sachi, you're trying to earn money. But let's say, but let's say I rented you my cow. You only become liable if something happens once you did Mashiach. But, am I... Am I allowed to back out or not after you've done Mashiach? Does Mashiach finalize the deal not just to make you liable, but also to prevent me from saying, you know what, forget it. Sale, the rental is off. I want my cow back. Okay, so that's how Tosas understands it. Does Mashiach prevent the owner from backing out? So Rashi says, does, is Mashiach the moment when you become high of in, okay, in, in, in liability? Let's say I'm your shomer. You know, he said, oh, can, you, can you watch my dog? Like, yeah, you know, I'm going to be uh, away. Why don't you just you know, bring it to my house or something? Yeah. yeah. No, it's just certainly do it. That's but the question, for granted. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ola. Okay. So Amarav Yemar Tashma come here. Now we're going to read this of course, like we did that the Ganav gave it to a coin for Pigin Haben. The Ganav gave it to any of these people. So you see that the, the, the we're assuming this Shaliyach Ledvar idea, but the presumably it only makes sense if the person I gave it to is doing an act of taking possession. So if Mashiach is just dragging it, if it's not the act of taking responsibility and possession, presumably it would not make me liable. So my love, Shomer. You see it means that the Shomer is the one that is taking possession of it through doing the Mashiach and that's why um, I become a Ganav. But if there was no act of Mashiach by Shomer that was meaningful, it wouldn't be an act of taking possession and I wouldn't be Chayv as the Ganav. The Shmaminati you see that Mashiach makes sense. Tosa says, just to give you the Tosa's read, Tosa says, it's because if, it, that I would only be a Ganav if that act of Mashiach was taking it out of my control. Remember, Tosa's question is, after Mashiach am I allowed to back out? So if after Mashiach I was still allowed to back out, it wouldn't be an act of Geneva. He wouldn't be fully taking it away from me. It's only if that Mashiach is a full taking it away from me, the Ganav, preventing me from backing out from the deal, that we say it's like that person has taken possession of it and he could be my Shaliyah Vedvar and I could be a Ganav. Either way, you see that the Mashiach is significant for the Shomer. Shema minatik ni Mashiach v'shomer. Amar lo, Ganav. No, we're not talking that the Shomer was taking it out of the, of the owner's possession and the Ganav was chayat because of Shaliyah Vedvar Veira. We're now going to read this Mishnah a third way. That I, the Ganav, gave it to um, a... Um, excuse me. Um, no, Michael the owner gave it to a Shomer or gave it to a Kohen or gave it to whomever and then I the Ghana was stealing it from the house of the Shomer alright so that's the scenario so there are three possible scenarios of the Mishnah so confusing I don't know if you follow if the Yibnasno the Bechorot the No 
Okay, so we have three possibilities. Here's the owner, okay, giving it to. I know, the owner will be whatever, fine. Here's the owner, and he's giving it to the. This is the Balchov. Balchov, and the owner, or whatever, the Kohen, etc. Kohen, Shomer, okay, this is the owner. So, one possible reading is. He gave it to him. When is that transaction done? Okay, only at the time of a Mashiach. That's just talking about the two of them. That's the one that Rashi and Tosos reject. Okay, so they read it that it is that the owner gives it to the to a Ganav. Okay, here I draw the Ganav with like a dastardly mustache. <laughs> I don't know if that's a mustache or what. Okay, anyway, gives it to the Ganav. Okay. And, I'm sorry, the owner, no, no, I'm sorry, he didn't give it to the Ganev. The Ganev, okay, is the one who gives it to, who gives it to this guy, okay? And the question is, when does he become a Ganev? Okay, that's how they read it. When does he become a Ganev? And it's a question about, about Shliach the Dvarazera. And the question is, when this guy goes ahead and does this act of Mashiach or Hagbar, whatever. And that's the proof of Tikkun Mashiach B'Shomrim. Oh, yeah. That's the proof of Tikkun Mashiach B'Shomrim because obviously, if he's a Shomer, if his act is considered an act of Geneva for me because he's an unwittingly Mashaliach, it's only that same act. The Mashiach has to be meaningful for him. So that's Tikkun Mashiach B'Shomrim. And then the Gemara says, no, 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 no. It's a third scenario. The third scenario of the Gemara is we're back to what we said before. Okay? He, the Ganav, but it's the following. The owner gave it to him. Okay? But then, you get all three parties involved. Then the Ganav, this is now Nasnu, and here is, whoops, Hayamoshcho. Okay? Which is, the Mishnah reads, the owner gave it to some third party, a Baal and a Shomer, and then the Ganav was stealing it from that third party. So it's just like the first case of the Mishnah. The Ganav is stealing it from the owner, now the Ganav is stealing it from the third party. Okay, so that's what the Gemara is going to say. There's no Chiddush that way. That's obviously not what we're talking about. Right, exactly. So in case number one, which we don't read, the, the owner is Nosno, and this guy is the Hayamoshko. He was taking it out, and then when does he come from possession? In scenario number two, okay, um, which is, now I'm getting confused which is one and which is two. In scenario number two, hold on. In scenario number two, um, my hands are going to be a mess. In scenario number two, okay, um, the Ganav was Nosno to to this guy and this guy was still Hayamoshko right this guy was still the guy taking it away either he's taking it from the owner and then when when does that transaction happen with the owner or he's taking it from the Ganev and when does the Ganev maybe I'll draw two arrows right and then the Ganev right is Nasno and Hayamoshko taking it out of the property line right got it this is the red this is the blue yeah so he gave it he took it off of the property line when did he become when did he take possession he gave it to this guy he took it out of the property line when was he a Ganev through him okay the scenario number three was 
The scenario number three was that the owner was, here we'll draw it down here, the owner was Nosno to him. Okay, thank you. <laughs> the owner was Nosno to him. This, this is, this is, scenario, see, I totally ignored it. Scenario number two is drawn in blue. Scenario number three is the owner was Nosno to this Balchov, and the Ganov was Haya, Haya Moshcho, the Ganov took it away from this guy and was Haya Moshcho. From his issue. From this guy's issue. Yeah. All right? Yeah. That's the case. All right, let's move on. So anyway, reading it this way, it's very boring. It's just another case of a goddess taking it out of somebody's rishos. It's just that the original thing is now in the rishos of a shomer or somebody else. Okay, so that's what he said. Drawing it out, dragging it out, like Mashiach. Okay, so the Gemara says, okay, um, Okay, uh, don't push that. I'm sorry, no, uh, I'm like, Ganev. No, the Ganev is taking it out of the Shomers Rishos. That's what we're talking about. The Mark says, One minute, the first case was the Ganev taking it out of the owner's Rishos. So the answer is, two cases. The Ganev sold directly from the owner, the Ganev stole it from the owner who gave it to his Shomer. So the Gemara says, what type of an answer is that? Mali Ganov should gonna be raised by me. Mali Ganov, Mali Ganov should be Mali Ganov should gonna be raised by I'm sorry, I'm gonna Ravashi. Lord Tzitzi, don't put them off. Mali Ganov should gonna be raised by me. Mali Ganov should not be raised by That's crazy. You wouldn't give a whole second case of the Mishnah to say, oh, the owner gave it to a Shomer, and then the exact same story with the Ganov taking it now from the Shomer. So Elav Shomer, it is talking about the Shomer was taking it on the behest of the Ganov without was being un- unwitting, and therefore the act of Mashiach of a Shomer is a meaningful act for Shmamina Tikkun Mashiach Vashamim Shmamina you see Mashiach is a meaningful act for Shomer that's a good proof Itmar Nami was also taught I'm Rebbe Lezer Kedev Shatikkun Mashiach Vashamim the same way Mashiach takes possession of an object Kach Tikkun Mashiach Vashamim that's also when a Shomer either according to Rashi becomes liable or according to Tosos when the owner cannot back out Tanya Nami Hachi we taught similarly Kedev Shatikkun Mashiach Vashamim Kach Tikkun Mashiach Vashamim Ukashem one more line to this Braita because of Shara Chazaka, the same way land is purchased with Kesef Shara Chazaka, Kesef a document in the physical taking possession, Kachirus Nikna because of Shara Chazaka. Rentals take place through money, a, a, a document, or Chazaka. So the Mardis says, to my rentals of what? Ilema Chirus to Metaltalin, Chirus of chattel, okay, like I'm going to borrow your car, your, rent your car, Metaltalin B'nei Shtaraninu. So there could be Kesef by chattel, and maybe they allowed it to work here. But you don't write a, a document on on, on chattel because chattel. Well, you do. Like I sign a rental agreement for your car. Yeah, well, that's we do. But in halacha, you don't. Halacha documents are never seen as meaningful because you because you know you can never identify a particular object. I mean, nowadays we got VIN numbers on cars. But anyway, but you know, documents are only meaningful about land or or slaves. So therefore, obviously, we're not talking about cattle. So I'm just No, no, no. When you're like renting a house or you're renting an apartment, if you take possession the same way, you know, you take possession of it if you were buying it. Okay. I'm a rebel Ooh, now we get to a, because we talked about this fascinating thing of the Mysakinian of Aganov, now we're going to get to a great Gemara to talk about the question of the identity of Aganov and the line between Aganov and a Goslin. You saw a guy hiding in the forest, and he was basically hiding to, 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 to capture, you know, a sheep that wandered by. Okay, you know, so he was, um, and the Tavachumacha, and he slaughtered, you pay four and five. Okay, so Gemara says, 
says, Amai, hello, Mashach. Maybe they're out of the owner's Rishus. Now, you know, but, but he didn't do a Mashiach. He just capped it in the fourth and he slaughtered it right there. He didn't do a bite into a Mashiach. He did do a Mashiach. He saw the sheep and he hit it and made it follow him. So then what's the big Kiddush? But before we get to that, you know, you always should stop and wonder and ask, yeah, or the forest could be the Simta. Okay, you know, the forest, if, if, it's not, if it's not the person's particular Rishos. But you always should wonder, like, is the Gemara, when it reinterprets it, is it possible that, that, that it's actually reinterpreting it away from its original meaning? Because if you think about it, this statement might actually be reflecting a shot read of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Ganav Chutzmir Shutam. Right? The end of the Mishnah said, if I'm taking it out of their Rishos, if it starts in their property, I have to do a Mashicha or a Hagba. Let's say it started out of their property. Let's say I found it wandering in a forest. Maybe I don't have to do a Mashicha. Right? Now, of course, exactly what moment I become a Ganav, I don't know. But that's a literal reading of the Mishnah of Ganav Chutzmir Shutam, right? But anyway, the Gemara rejects that. The Gemara says, no, 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 he did a Mashicha. Amrav Chizra Shehikisha Bimako. Amrisa, the Gemara says, okay, fine. But for Kivan Ra'u, I don't get it. If you're seeing him, Dazlanu, he's not a Ghana, but Ghana is somebody who does it in hiding. Now Rashi says, I don't understand. I understand. Rashi says, I don't understand. Rashi says, we just got through all these Mishnahis about witnesses seeing somebody being a Ghana. Why don't you say every time witnesses saw him, he stops being a Ghana? You'd never have to pay four and five. Oh, there are witnesses I did it? I'm not a Ghana. So, so the basic answer is, no, no, no. There, you did it uh, thinking nobody would see you, but two people happened to see you. Here, the point is, at least what the Gemara assumes, is that a forest is a public space. Anybody can walk in and see you there. Okay, so you are still a. So why aren't you a goblin? You're doing it in a way in which you are. It's, your actions are easily visible to the public. Okay, so the Gemara says. Um, it's true he is like somebody could see him but nevertheless he is hiding out now you know it could be as we're going to see in a minute that the reason he's hiding out is because he doesn't he wants the sheep to wander by and he doesn't want people to avoid him it's not because he's afraid of people but nevertheless it's saying like there's a it's true it's not like totally like the Ghana who breaks into your house in the middle of the night and nobody knows whatever you know here it is possible to see, see a guy in a forest hiding out if you walk by him you'll see him there, but nevertheless, there is an element of trying to be, uh, you know, trying not to do it out and out in the open. Okay, so well, that's that, that's going to be the Gemara's question. What's the sheer of being a goslin? So let's take a look. So the Gemara says, "The El Goslin Hechidami." So then, what's a goslin? If that's a, if that's a Ghana, what's a goslin? And also, you know, so the other point, by the way, is that a classic Ghana, like if you look up in in the law, legal definition of burglary, it's breaking into the owner's property. It's like breaking in in secret to the owner's property, right? Whereas a gazan, you imagine somebody accosting you in the middle of the street, like, you know, a mugging or something. Okay, so here you're not breaking into somebody's property. You get the, the sink wanders by your way, right? So therefore, that sounds like a goblin, you know? You bump into somebody on the street and you stick a gun in their face yeah, or she walks up. Gun. So here you could be a gun of without yeah. ever entering the owner's... I understand it was premeditated, but it wasn't an entering into the owner's property, right? So that's number one of the critics, right? It's not entering into the owner's property. It's not totally in hiding. It's possible to be seen. And even so, you're a gun of. So who's a goblin? What's the punishment for a goblin then? Just terror. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why everybody doesn't go into the business of being a goslin because the worst thing is you pay the money back. Okay, so anyway, the Gemara says like this. Okay, the Kira says, Gemara says, no. Kira says, I'm going to be a goslin. 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 I'm going
Oh, like Benayob and Yehoyado, he did when he met up with this with this Mitzri. Shenemar veyigzolet hachanit miyad amitzri vayargeyu bechanito. He accosted the guy straight in the front street in public, and he took his uh, you know his his spear or whatever, and he you know killed him with his spear. Okay, Rabbi Yochanan Amar kigon kigon. Like I gotta tell you, guy, I can't read this. What was that thing about it? Well, many years ago, it must have been like twenty years ago, or whatever. I was like mugged when I was thank God. I mean, they you know not hurt or anything, but it was like broad daylight. It was in broad. It was on Broadway in like ninety third Street. I still remember it. And yeah, somebody comes up to me. You know, sometimes they come and they ask you for like money as a way to get close or something like that, and just pushes me into like this little niche in a store. You know, like a, a, a like an open like how a store like you know you know indents in like for there to be a door and an opening. And there are people like walking by. You know, but they you know here's your money, give me some money, whatever. I mean, I only have like ten dollars. I mean, I'm glad actually. <laughs> it's not a good thing. I'm glad that they didn't hurt me. You know, sometimes you don't have enough money. But it's like it's like it was broad daylight. There were people around. Like why isn't anybody doing anything? Anyway, I'm afterwards some people consult me. But anyway, so that would be a gazlin. Okay, um, okay. If you're in Amar, you go and balei shchem. Like the people of Shechem, Shene'emar, Vayasimu lo ba'alei Shechem ma'arvim. They created like these, uh, what are they called? The people that like uh, liars, they lied in wait, you know, and ambushers. Roshe ha'arim, by the tops of the mountains, Vayigzulu ha'kol ha'shir yavor alehem. Baderach, anybody that passed through the way, you know, below, they would ambush them from above. What? Like well, that's what the Gemara's going to ask. They're hiding. So let's take a look. Okay. So why don't you tell you from, from that part, about the ambush. even the myth it's Murray, no, because they're hiding. They're not blatant enough. They're not Goslin. They're, they're hiding. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan said no. Ha, the Kamatna, why are they hiding? So that the victims should not avoid them. <laughs> they're not hiding because they're afraid of people. They're willing to do the act out in the open. They just, they just want, yeah, that's right. They just want, don't want people to avoid them. Right, so according to Rabbi Yochanan, so one is anybody that hides at all that's not, you know, completely whatever is, is, is not a Ganev and Rabbi Yochanan's a little more reasonable. No, no, no. If you're hiding just to, you know, just just so that you can ambush somebody, that's fine. But if you, but the key is not fine. Whatever that, you know, then you're still a ganav. Then, then you're then you're still a goslin. A ganav though has to a hide and b hide because he's afraid to be caught, not because he's afraid that people will avoid him. He's afraid to be caught. Okay, guess so. Everybody sort of certainly agrees that a goslin has to be somebody who's prepared to do his act out in the open and not afraid to be seen or caught in the perpetration of his act. Okay, that's sort of agreed upon. Alright? So now, why should that be the definition? And which gets to the heart of why does a goslin pay, why does a goslin pay more than a goslin? Right? If the, so this is actually what the Gemara is actually going to get to. We get a little bit of like a little time of decry here. So let's take a look. So the Gemara says like this. Um, the student asked Rabbi Yochanan Menzakai Why is the Torah stricter for Ghana than a Ghazan to make a big KFL or even four and five? And when he said to them, Because the Ghazan treated the servants like the master, treated people like God. He's not afraid of any of them. At least he's not, there's no hypocrisy there. He's willing to do it all in the open. And the Ghana of Lo Yishvik Vodavid Kano does not equate the, 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 the servant with the master. 
it really means the master with the servant. This is all said in the reverse as a sort of Lushan, you know, because of the euphemism. But does not treat God as well as he treats the, the human beings. Kibiyachal, I atza ayin shelmata, means ayin shelmala. Okay, it's just sort of said in the reverse. It makes it as if the... Right, exactly. It makes it as if the heavenly eye, kiilo eno roa, isn't seeing. The ozen shamat is the heavenly ear, kiilo eno shamat, isn't hearing. You're afraid of people. Your action you're not willing to do out in the open. But for God, you're not afraid. Now, could be that you're not afraid like you're ashamed of people. You just don't want to get caught. Okay? <laughs> but nevertheless. But that explains why somebody can go ahead and do an out that's out and out, an open act of theft. But because you go ahead and like you hide afterwards and you don't want to get caught, you're halachically de- defined as a ganav because that is making you a... Um, that shows that you're afraid of, you know, you're afraid of people. Okay? So it actually broadens the definition of ganav. Ganav becomes a very broad definition. Anything you do that shows that you're hiding because you're afraid to get caught or afraid of people seeing you or whatever, even if the act itself is a sort of a very, you know, blatant act, so makes you a ganav. If at any point I hide? Well, the gema- here the Gemara is talking about before or during, but the Gemara, the reason I said later is because if you might remember, there's a Gemara about Listus Mizuyan that actually said, according to one opinion, that that was a ganav, even armed robbers, if they hide afterwards. So I should have said that explicitly. If you might remember, that was an earlier discussion. So there's even the possibility, even if the whole thing was out in the open, if some part of the process there's a hiding and a showing that you're afraid of people, that makes you the, the hypocrite, you know, that makes you the, the, you know, the hypocrite ganav and you get the weightier punishment. Okay? Shene'amar, as the verse says, those that sort of you know hide things from God put them to hide their plans and they do their deeds in, in, in the you know in darkness it says God does not see the God of Jacob does not, does not understand God does not see so there's a whole act of fundamental like theological you know uh, 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 heresy going on here it's not just hypocrisy it's your yeah, because hypocrisy is the wrong way of saying it. That's just saying you're inconsistent. It's more like heresy. It's more showing like you don't care about God. It's theologically, you know, profoundly offensive. Four and five is like you took it, you kept going with it, God's completely not watching. Maybe, right. I, know if, yeah, I don't know if you read the four and five consistent with that or consistent just with how, what you're, you know, increasing in terms of taking it away from the owner. Because the four and five could be out in the public, you know. But yeah, it's an interesting point whether we read the four and five in the same way. Okay, let's finish to the Mishnah. I'm going to be mayor. Marshal, Marshal, Rebbeim Leil, Madaver Domea. What's it like? Lishnei Bnei Adam Shayu Beir. Two people in a village. Vaasu Mishta, and they made a feast. Echad Zimenis Bnei Yevalozim Bnei Melech. One invited all the people of the village, but not the not the uh, family of the king. Okay, the Echad Lozimenis Bnei Yevalozimenis Bnei Melech. The other one did it, you know, just for family. We're keeping it small. They didn't invite the villagers, and they didn't invite the the princes. So Bnei Melech. Ezemen Ocha Maruba. Who did a worse thing? Have you omitted Zeshizimenis Bnei? The one who made it, you know, was willing to give the honor to the villagers, but not to the sons of the king. So if you would say, I don't understand that Gazan is worse. He doesn't care about God and he doesn't care about people. Ah, but at least he's not showing he cares more about people than God. He doesn't care about anyone. Right. The God of his worst. The God is the one that cares about people and doesn't care about God. Okay, I'm a Rebbe Mayor. Now that we're talking about the reasons behind it, let's, let's point about the four and the five. Come and see the value of labor. 
When you steal an ox, what's the impact of stealing an ox? You're taking away somebody's like form of livelihood. You're taking away their tractor, you know, and their milk producer. So in that case, Hamisha, you have to pay five times. This is why the Torah makes, that's probably, this is Pshat, I assume, I think why the Torah says you pay more by the ox and the sheep because this is the staples of a person's livelihood. And why an ox more than a sheep? Because a sheep is about slaughtering it and it's wool and it's whatever. An ox is about working the land. Okay. I understand that, but it's so, so you took, but that's like stealing. So you took away something of value. But here you took away something that was continuing to actually work the land and had much bigger, right? You took away the means of production. Okay, so that's five. Um, say you stopped it from, you know, from, it's a thing of value, but you didn't stop it from like all this production. So in that case, Arba, only four. So that to me is the, be- is the better explanation. The next one is the one I think Rashi quotes on Chumash and everybody gets taught in grade school. I'm going to be Yochanan and Zakai. Borei Kamagoda, which is consistent with our previous idea. Kamagoda Kodra Brios. No, no, no. The dignity of people. Sure, Shalach Duragov, when you stole the ox, you were able to walk it out. So there, you, you weren't embarrassing yourself. So the fine is going to be heavy. Hamisha. Seshu, Kivok Tefo, the sheep which you had to put on your, on your shoulders and run out with, that was your Hagbah. So because you embarrassed yourself a little bit, the Torah goes a little easier on you and says Arba. Okay, we will end with this. Yeah, but no one's